Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. So Acts 2.28 says, You have made known to me the ways of life, and you will make me full of joy in your presence. And in the... Uh, Passion Bible, it says, For you have revealed to me the pathways of life, and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. When we are walking in the presence of the Lord, uh, we have that joy unspeakable, and the things surrounding us, surrounding us, no matter what is going on, do not affect us because we have a, a forest field up, so to speak. Okay? And the presence of the Lord. Uh, brings a force field of protection. But it's something that doesn't just come automatically. It's something that we have to uh, work at, okay? It's, you don't just uh, get saved and, you know, filled with the Spirit, and then you get the presence of the Lord. You do to a degree, but it's something you have to walk in in a daily place, okay? And if we're going to face the coming storm, we need to be prepared so that nothing disturbs our spirit. And the way that we can be prepared is by walking every day in that presence of the Lord. And it is doable. It takes some discipline, self-discipline, but we can do it, okay? And the only way to do that is to spend time in the Lord's presence, beholding his face. We have to be shut in with him on our knees until we're thoroughly persuaded that he's at our right hand. And you, you know when you go into your closet, your secret place, wherever you are, you can tell when things have lifted off of you and you've entered into the presence of the Lord. Amen? I mean, I can always tell. If I leave too soon, I know I haven't quite spent enough time, okay? God is clearly telling us, don't be moved or agitated by anything you see. Keep your eyes focused on me, and you'll retain my joy. Okay, so he's been talking to us about alignment, and one of the things he said about alignment at the beginning of the year was that if we're going to make it through, we've got to walk in his presence. Now, that is our choice every day if we do that or not. I can choose to start my day off by reading his word, which is something that you should do every day, and spending time in his presence, or I can get up and have my cup of coffee and race out the door, okay? The second example usually does not turn out as well as the first, because if I spend time with the Lord, then he guides and leads me and keeps me from getting into things I shouldn't get into, keeps me from saying things that I shouldn't say. If I get up and have my coffee or tea and whatever and jet out the door, then I'm left to my own devices. And we don't want to be left to our own devices. The Lord is, is always trying to call us back to himself. Okay, now before I get too far, I do want to give an update on Juno because I don't know how it's going to fit into the rest of the message. I mean, it will, but it will not. But anyway, this time when I went to Juno, I experienced such an amazing outpouring of his spirit. And you know why that happened? I mean, it happens to a certain degree each time. But I have been reading in my devotions about the presence of the Lord, and the Lord has just been encouraging me to seek him in a greater way. And so I purposed on the plane on the way down, I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's how early I have to leave to get to Juno in time to do anything that day. And anyway, I was really tired. A lot of times I just, you know, put my head up against the window and go to sleep. And I wanted to do that, but I felt the Lord was compelling me, no, do your devotions. So I got my phone out, because it's not my phone, and the whole way from Anchorage to Juno, I read the word and did my devotions, okay? And so then when I got there, I was more prepared 
than I usually am, okay? And I purpose it in my heart to do that every day. And I also ask the Lord. There's a scripture that says, Hitherto you have asked nothing of me. Okay, that doesn't mean just asking for, you know, physical comforts or whatever. That's talking about asking the Lord to empower us, asking the Lord to give us his presence, asking him to be with us. He's asked, we can ask for the mighty power of God, and then nothing will be impossible to us. But we have to ask. If we don't ask, it doesn't happen. If I don't ask, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm still saved. Yeah, I'm still going about, you know, hopefully whatever the Lord's called me to do, but it's a different place. When people experience the outpouring of the Spirit of God, they're undone. They're totally undone. Okay, so back to Juno. So this one person I was supposed to meet, it was really close to when I was coming from the airport. And at Juno, you land at the airport, you're about a half hour from the capital, and you may or may not get a taxi immediately, okay? Even if you reserve them, they might not show up. That's what happened to me last time. So anyway, this time I called the person and she actually showed up. But anyway, it's still questionable, so I try not to schedule anything too close to when I'm arriving. Okay, this person could only meet with me at this certain time, and I almost called and canceled. I thought, it's going to be too close, I'm going to be rushed, I don't like it, you know, but I went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah, thank the Lord that I did. Okay, this guy was having a major breakdown. Now, I've only met with him one time before. So I don't really know him. He's not one of the legislators I know. Anyway, so I could tell when I went in that just from the first time I met him that he was himself, you know. I asked him how he was doing, how his family was. And uh, family's fine. Well, how are you? And he said, oh, I just feel like I'm just walking in this heavy place. He said, I'm just so depressed. I need, the, I need to rest. Can you pray for rest and peace for me? And I said, well, well, what's going on? He said, I don't know. He says, it's just localized here in the building. He said, I'm, I just feel like I just can't function. So anyway, I was praying in the spirit while he was telling me this. And I said, you know what? I feel like you're under attack. I really feel like you're under some kind of demonic attack. He said, I don't know what you believe. I don't know if you believe in that or not, but that's why it sense. He goes, no, I think you're right. You know, I said, is it okay if I pray that? And he said, Yeah. So, you know, I said it could be coming from people, because a lot of times, well-meaning people, whether they're uh, Christians or not, they could have an area of their life that they have opened up to the enemy. And the enemy, it says in Peter, he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's not unbelievers. He's already got them. That's believers. He's looking to catch us up. Anyway, so I told him that, and I said, you know, it might be, might be coming from one of your colleagues here, I don't know, or somebody that's been talking to you, but you're obviously under attack. I said, I can see the arrows just being slung at you. He said, oh, yeah, you know, so I prayed. I took authority over the thing. Mind you, I don't know, you know, this guy's a believer, but I don't know what he believes, so I just stepped out in faith, and man, the thing just lifted off of him. The presence of God just invaded his office. He said, did you feel that? I said, yeah, I did. You know, and from somebody that's like this, he was grinning from ear to ear. I said, that thing is gone. You know, he goes, wow, thank you for coming in and praying for me. I said, I almost didn't. <laughs> you know, but the Lord spoke to me to come. That's what happens when we're walking in the presence of God. Now, if I would have just been in my normal self, the normal things I do, I probably wouldn't have discerned that. I probably wouldn't have gone. I probably would have canceled because it was inconvenient. But God had an appointment for me there. Anyway, I'm going out the door. He's hugging me and just thanking me and thanking me. I said, okay, now you have to have your eyes open. I prayed for him that he'd be able to see 
where the attack is coming from so that he won't be caught off guard and so that he can find it out because the enemy wants to expose the hidden areas of darkness. Ephesians 5 says, uh, expose every hidden area of, of darkness and ask for my glorious light to shine into it. So I prayed that over him too. So I'm hoping that he figures out where it's coming from so he can have his shield up and guard against it so he doesn't get hit again. But anyway, so that was amazing. That was unexpected. And then, then I, um, I had like four other meetings after that that morning. I'm thinking, wow, how my feet running? It was like, like crazy, you know. Meetings that I didn't think I was going to have, I had. And I have to kept rearranging my schedule on the way from the airport to the Capitol. I think three people were leaving messages on my phone. I thought, wait a minute, I haven't even hit the ground yet. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, it was the Lord's doing. And it was just amazing. That was just one encounter that, I'll, that I will share. But anyway, the Lord continued to do that throughout my trip this time. And it was crazy, and it was just packed with action from morning till night. The man I was staying with is, is really close to coming to know the Lord. And I spoke to him um, about the Lord. I didn't know how it was going to uh, work out because he was wanting to talk to me about this case he's doing which is very contentious and he was trying to draw me into it and get me to present it to the governor and I thought I'm not doing that I don't want to get drawn into that drama you know <laughs> he's not a legislator he's just somebody to stay with anyway I knew he was going to talk to me about that uh, the second night I was there so I was praying I was all prepared I was ready even going back to the place I was staying thinking oh my gosh it's going to be intense because it was intense the last time I talked to him but the Lord went before me, and he made me tacos. We sat down and talked. He said, so what do you think, you know? So I told him what I thought about the case, what I had read. And um, he told me his side, and we had an amazing conversation that ended up being centered around the Lord. So he hasn't accepted the Lord yet, but I think he's close. And anyway, um, before I went downstairs to go to sleep, I asked him if I could pray for him. And he said, Okay. And you know, you never know what anybody believes, so you got to be careful. So I said, can I lay hands on you? He said, okay. So I put one hand on his chest, one on his back, and I just went for it, just prayed, you know. And, and again, the Spirit of God fell in the kitchen, and he was just like, whoa, what was that? I said, the Spirit of God. <laughs> and he said, did you feel that? I said, yes, I felt it, you know. <laughs> anyway, and so... Um, he went to sleep with that, gave him something to think about, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, he's somebody that knows scriptures, goes to church, but he's very jaded and hasn't accepted the Lord yet. You know, you can go to church and, and read the word and, and, and uh, know scriptures and still not be saved. You know that, right? If you don't know that, you need to know that. The only way you're going to get to heaven is you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And he's one of those people that believes that everybody's going to heaven because he was talking about that. Well, there's Muslims, they're Baha'is, and they all kind of have love. And don't you think this all mixes together? No, it doesn't all mix together. No, <laughs> there's only one way. Anyways, that was another conversation I had. But anyway, see, the importance of being in the presence of the Lord makes a huge difference. Because if you're walking in the presence of the Lord, you can do anything. There's nothing impossible to you. Think, things that maybe you would never say or never think of doing, you can do it if you have the presence of the Lord with you. Okay, so we need to press into God and not compromise our Christian beliefs, okay? Let's see. We need to keep in mind that God's purpose in calling us back to him is to protect us in times of storms, okay? And in times of everyday life. Yet often, in biblical history, 
He sent prophets to them to bring them back again to him, and they didn't listen. They did not listen. Okay, in 2 Chronicles 24:19, there's an example of that. We can turn there. Maybe Jeff will put it up on the screen. 2 Chronicles 24. Okay, where'd it go? I had it marked. Anyway, this is an example of uh, children of Israel, and they're not being obedient to the Lord. And what it says is, Chronicles 24, 19. Okay, there's 12. 24, 19. Okay, starting, starting at 15, um, uh, Jehoiada was a king and he was growing old and he was full of days and he died. He was 130 years old when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and his house. Now after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king and the king listened to them. Therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers. And they served wooden images and idols. And the wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord, and they testified against them, and they would not listen. Okay, so a lot of times the Lord will use prophets to speak to us and warn us of things to come. Or he'll speak to us individually, because he's our good shepherd, if we're listening, and lead us in the right path so that we're not, we don't come under attack or so that we don't come under harm. You know, he doesn't want us to be taken out before our time. He wants to protect us. But largely that depends on us hearing. Sometimes we don't listen closely to what he's trying to tell us. Okay, now I'm going to read a quote by Smith Wigglesworth. And he was a British evangelist who was influential in the early history of Pentecostalism. Okay. Uh, this was right before um, he died, and the Lord spoke to him this, okay? A lot of times prophets, when they're getting ready to go up to heaven, the Lord will speak something to them to warn the people. And he said, we have to see that these days have to come before the Lord can come. There has to be a falling away. And the scripture on that is 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, which I'm not going to read, but it clearly says before Jesus returns, there's going to be a falling away from the faith. I want to speak to you very exactly all the people which are pressing into and getting ready for this glorious attained place where they shall not be found naked, where they shall be found blameless, where they shall be immovable, where they shall be purified by the power of the word of God, have within them a consciousness of the very presence of God within. And that's what will secure our future, the very presence of God within, changing their very nature, preparing them for a greater thing, and causing them to be ready for translation. This is a day of purifying. This is a day of holiness. This is a day of separation. This is a day of awakening. God, let us awake today. Let the inner spirit wake into the consciousness that God is calling us to. No, I'm still quoting this guy. So there are in the world two classes of believers. This is very true. The believers that are disobedient, or I ought to say they are children that are saved by the power of God, but are disobedient children. And there are children that are just the same, saved by the power of God, who all the time are longing to be more obedient. Okay? Yeah. And um, 
Let's see. I don't know why I have this scripture here, but I do. Anyway, those who choose to press into God will have a faith that cannot... No, I'm done with quoting him, just so you know. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, as we press into God, there's a secret place of God that is available to place. A secret place where we're hidden. You know, where the enemy can't see us. We can't be tripped up. It's like a shelter under his wing, okay? And when we press into God... And have a faith that cannot be, that we have a faith that cannot be shaken by any threat or headline, okay? Those who choose to press into God will not be shaken by any threat or headline. Now, right now, we have the headline of the coronavirus that's just, you know, bouncing off the walls everywhere. When I was down at the Capitol, there was a guy out there waving a staff around and yelling profanities because he wanted the legislature to shut down all the entrances into Alaska so we didn't get the coronavirus. Now, that's ridiculous. We wouldn't have any food. We, you know. But anyway, I, I got out of the taxi. I mean, he was right in front of the Capitol, and there he was. The, the staff, he was right around. I thought, okay, do I get out of the taxi? Do I stay in the taxi? I didn't know if he was going to attack me or what. You know? So I got out, went in the building, and told the security guard, and he laughed. He goes, oh, he's out there every day. We just let, need to let him have his freedom of speech. If he comes over here, don't worry, I'll get him. I said, okay, whatever, you know. I thought he was a little out of control. But anyway, and then within the capital, there was a lot of visitors and people talking about the coronavirus and what are we going to do? Alaska isn't prepared. You know, we're all going to die, you know. Okay, see, that, that's a headline, okay? And we, don't, we, know, we shouldn't be moved by this, okay? If we're pressing into God and have that faith that cannot be shaken, then those threats and uh, those headlines will not bother us, okay? Because we'll be in that secret place, okay? Not, we need to presence so that we're not just in God's presence some of the time, but all the time, okay? Now, that takes some doing, but we can do it, okay? Because he wants us to have that, okay? Then disasters that go on around us, regardless of how major they are, events in the world, they will be conveyed safely. We will be conveyed safely into the presence of God, Okay? And things will be going on, but we'll like have this, what do I say, like a force field around us. The things just bounce off of it, you know. The force will be with us. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But anyway, probably for my grandkids. Anyway. Anyway, that's what we want, okay? So we need to make sure that we don't compromise our Christian beliefs. The compromised Christian is precisely the one whose house is built upon the sand. And when the storms come, he's destroyed because his house is built on the sand, okay? We cannot listen to seductive, feel-good teachings that deny that Jesus is the only way. Many Christians believe, you know, that all these people are going to go to heaven. They're not. Guess what? They're not. They may look in heaven. They're not going to be there. Not if they don't accept Jesus as Lord, okay? They deny that Jesus is the only way. They speak of the Bible. Oh, it's just another book. The Bible is just another book. It's not important. And that is not true. The Bible is the written and true word of God. Anything you ever need to know is in the Bible. If you only have one thing to read, this is it, okay? And you should be reading it every day, okay? And they speak, and also they refuse to address sin and say that God is a loving Father, and there's grace, and we should re just relax and have a good time, okay? And many of today's books and magazines, even ones you find in Christian bookstores, they uh, embrace this teaching, okay? They're full of the teaching and causing Christians to cast off the yoke of Christ, 
casting off all limits and restrictions. And this is happening today, people. It's very much happening today. I know, I know personally know people that have served the Lord for a long time that have fallen to the wayside because they adopt that grace, that grace doctrine. That is a deceptive doctrine. Yeah. The grace of God is not so that we can go out and do whatever we want to do, okay? We're not supposed to adopt immorality or embrace drunkenness or lascivious living, you know? That will lead you down the path of destruction. That is not the word of God, okay? And we need to stay away from Christians that are embracing that. You have Christian friends that are embracing that? Stay away from them, okay? Those are the ones that, whose house is built on the sand. When the storms come, they're going to be wiped out, you know? If they're drunk, they won't know what's happening. Suddenly they're gone. They're drunk. They don't care right? They're, they're serving idols, okay? They think the idol's going to save them. It's not. Jesus is the only thing that can save them. One spiritual leader said, you guys are old-fashioned holiness. We are modern-day grace. You live in bondage. We can do anything. That is a lie of the devil and a false teaching and is being uh, put out there by many churches today, unfortunately. That is not the grace of God, okay? That's the enemy luring you into his trap. Totally, totally bogus, okay? The truth is that foolish teaching in the last days will become so fashionable that even the most dedicated believer could become deceived. That's why we need to press into God and walk in his presence. Okay, Matthew 24, 24 says... For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Okay, I don't want to be deceived, but I'm not going to think that I have it all together either because if we think we have it all together, then we're deceived already. We don't. We don't have it together. It's fair to say, I know nothing. Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you say you know something, you're probably going to get the rug pulled out from under your feet, you know? So we need to walk in that attitude. And as far as somebody saying, oh, you're just old-fashioned holiness, guess what? It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change because we have a modern society now. Oh, they have a modern society now. They have new beliefs. Great. Lots of grace. Just sprinkle grace. No, he's the same as he was in the years ago. The same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the word of God, people. Okay, I don't care what the latest fashion is. That is the word of God. And we need to be careful that we don't get drawn into it, okay? The majority of churchgoers today soundly reject all prophetic warnings of a coming storm. The American church today is the most blatant, feel-good church in all of history. I didn't know that until I looked it up. It is. This, this church we're in today is the most blatant, feel-good church in history. Lots of patting people on the hand and say, oh, nice little sheepy, you'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. It's all right. You can do that. No. If it's sin, you don't get into it. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to have us turn to Psalms 23 now. And we're going to close it out with that. I'm going to be reading it out, out of the um, Passion Bible. Just so you know, so if I lose you, you know what's happening. Anyway, the Lord is our shepherd, and he wants to shepherd us, and he wants us to walk in his presence. But we have got to take action, okay? So I'm going to read some comments first, and then I'm going to read the scripture, okay? So in verses uh, 1 to 4, 
We're talking about the good shepherd. And God cares for us like a shepherd cares for his sheep. He refreshes our souls and restores us. He guides us along the right path for his name's sake. He has a great purpose for our lives. But we have to allow him to guide us along that path, okay? We don't have to go through a life full of fear because he is with us. Okay, then in verses 4 to 6, he changed to being the host, okay? The scene changes in verse 4 from a shepherd with his sheep to a host with his guests. He said, this is a great picture of what it's like to get alone with God on a daily basis. Okay, getting alone with him is like a feast. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then verse 5 says, he satisfies the hunger in our souls with a feast. Accept his invitation and spend time each day feeding your soul in his presence. And then um, in the end of verse 4, it says, at some time in our lives, all of us will walk through the valley of the shadow of death of someone we love. Even Even then, we need not be afraid because the Lord is with us. He walks with us in those times. So it's a great comfort to know that the Lord is near to us at all times. Okay, now I'm going to read this, okay? The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough, okay? He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. Now, the word here for shepherd is taken from the root word, ra'ah, which is a Hebrew word for best friend. And in that verse, both meanings are there. And it says, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace. I like oasis. How about you? I like oasis. The quiet brook of bliss. That is being in the presence of the Lord. That's what it's talking about there. Let's see. It says the, um, the Hebrew word menyaha, which I'm probably slaughtering that, but whatever. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it means the waters of a resting place. The waters of a resting place, okay? And um, that's where he restores and revives my life. He causes my life or soul, which is nefesh, it's a Hebrew word for soul, to return. And so often life drains out of us through many activities, but David found that God restored his well-being by pursuing what pleases God and resting in him, Okay? He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Okay, so that, that when we're getting in that secret place with the Lord, that's what we need to strive for. You know, that we're there until our heart overflows. We can sense we're overflowing with his presence. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love, pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Thank you, Lord. 
Now there, that word for uh, oil in verse 5 becomes a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. So, we need to enter into the presence of the Lord, okay? And um, one thing I didn't uh, read there, and the, the scripture on the one verse, too, is Isaiah 11.10. says, In that day there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. His, that's talking about Jesus, the prophesying of Jesus by his Isaiah and his coming. And that resting place is in his presence. Okay, it's found in his presence. So we have got to strive to do that. And I just want to um, pray over us now as we close out because it's almost dinner. We're going to have a potluck here. But anyway, it's very important to walk in the presence of the Lord. And if you're walking in his presence, things will happen. Exciting things will happen. Your life will be overflowing with joy because of the doors the Lord opens for you. Things he'll reveal to you that you could not otherwise know. Like what happened to me in Juno. You know, there were so many things that took place. I can't even bring them all to the front of my mind right now. But anyway, it was because I chose to enter into that place of the presence of the Lord every day. Even though some nights, there was some nights where I was up until 11 o'clock and then I had to get up at 5 in the morning. I still, when I went to bed, I read the word. I sought the presence of the Lord when I got up. I made sure I did my devotions, read the word. Sometimes you have to do it in the shower. That's okay. You know, <laughs> any little bit of time, just giving it to the Lord will make a difference, okay, in your discernment and how you relate to others throughout the day. So let's stand, and I'm going to pray over you. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. So where is our future? How do we secure our future? In the presence of the Lord. That's right. That's where we secure it. So, Lord, I thank you that you lead and guide us, Lord. Thank you that you are our shepherd, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you will satisfy our spiritual hunger and thirst with your presence and your love as we spend time with you. Lord, I pray for each one here, Lord, that we will listen to you calling us, Lord, and that we will spend time with you every day, Lord, that we'll read your word before we go out the door, Lord, even if it's only for a short time, Lord, and that you will fill us with your presence, Lord. Fill us with your presence, Lord, that we can be that shining light that you've called us to be, that light to the unbelievers, Lord, that light to people that are discouraged, Lord, that we can speak words of faith into them as you fill us with your presence and fill us with your joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray that over this congregation now, Lord. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your joy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.